Why, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the Corps. Day in the Marine Corps is like a day on the farm. Every meal is a banquet. Every paycheck a fortune. Every formation a parade. I love the Corps! Episode 78 Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Wondering how you refrain from calling June Bob June Bug? See, that's cute. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So, Brad, so I didn't know what to do, so I just I went and I asked the loom of fate Did to <laughs> to uh, to enlighten me. Did you do you understand binary code? Uh, well, I had to in order to ask the loom of fate. You had to wiki it. I had to wiki it. Do a Google search on the on the loom, of loom the of fate. loom of fate. Yes, that was pretty funny, actually. Uh, we're talking about the movie Wanted. Bill McGonald here. Bill, uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, uh, Brad and I last night we saw the um, the movie Wanted. Wanted, and uh, it was very good. And we'll get into it in just a bit. But there is a portion of the movie where they have to talk, where they have to uh, consult the loom of fate. So we're in the theater, right? It's packed. Okay, I'm yes. sitting next to Frank, and uh, the Morgan Freeman says, "The Loom of Fate," and it's it, he's explaining to the main character what this thing is and oh, what it's called, the right? Great James McAvoy. Yeah. Yes, so <laughs> it's quiet, right? Mm-hmm. And then Morgan Freeman says, "We call it the Loom of Fate," and then a <laughs> ear splitting. One of those from Frank. He quickly he quickly clamps his, his hand over his mouth, right? And I just started dying laughing. One of those silent chuckles, you know, the bouncing up and down chuckles. Oh yeah. I mean, of all things to call that to call that device the loom of fate. Is that really the best you could come up? We'll talk about what we thought about the movie in a sec, but hey, who's our sponsor? Have, have people ever gotten to hear Frank's laugh, by the way? Have, have, they, ever, have they heard this, that laugh on a podcast? I don't, I don't know that they've actually heard that one. We need to try and manufacture one of those UI, Brad. Yeah. That's what we need to yeah. do. We need to gang up on Frank and get him to chuckle. Uh, well, we need to get him to feel good and feel warm inside, <laughs> much like your fine sponsor makes people feel warm inside. Oh, good, good segue. I do that for a living sometimes. In stock trades. <laughs> InStockTrades.com. <clears throat> InStockTrades.com is awesome. Last time Bill was here, we talked about mm-hmm. him. I was on their website two nights ago. Maria, you can get uh, anything, any trades that are in stock, you can get through InStockTrades.com. You can get them uh, up to 37% off. Sometimes there are certain selections that are like 45% off or $50. You get free shipping. I, I was nodding in agreement and no one could see that. Yes, Brad, you're <laughs> I just noticed the new Walking Dead trade, Volume 8, is online. You can get it for $9.44. Good heavens. Great series. Mm. So I can't in, wait to read that. In stock trades for your trading desires. And I was looking at old trades. It's not just new trades. Nope. I was no. looking at uh, the Authority trades, which are eight years old by now. And, uh, yeah, they're 37% uh, off. I noticed, which you, which you disc- I noticed which you- you're reading re- the Relentless Trade. Oh, and is I that volume it. one or two? I love it. So that's volume one. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, and, and I, uh, uh, this, is my, this is the first time I've ever dipped my toes um, outside the Marvel DC Universe. And uh, Warren Ellis and especially Brian Hitch made that a, a wonderful read. Um, Warren Ellis, he's the one that did, uh, he did the Fantastic Four, uh, the Ultimate Reboot, didn't he? Uh, I honestly don't know. I think a lot of people think that Warren Ellis... Uh, can drag and not much happens in Warren Ellis books, but in this, uh, um, he really he went above and beyond to make actual things happen, and oh, okay. I appreciated that. Good, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Warren Ellis also did Planetary, right? Or he does? Planetary? Yes, and uh, that's another one of those that I become intrigued by and need to check out. 
<laughs> I've only well, read like Brian Hitch a lot, and uh, eventually, you know. eventually they're going to publish the last issue of Planetary. I'm but not really sure why I'm here right now. I, I was out there on the street, and I had four bucks in my pocket. <laughs> I got a call from Brad, and he said, "Why don't you come in here?" And I said, "How much does it cost?" You can four dollars. Yeah, I think I, I'll throw it out in the street. I yeah. wasn't going to throw it in the street. I did. And I bent over and picked it up. I had to chase one of the dollar bills halfway across the parking lot. This is windy in Texas. And um, so I did. I stamped on that $1 bill, and I said, bad $1 bill you get back in here because I'm going to use that $4, and I'm going to sit in on this podcast. The, your non sequiturs are very non sequity. I, um, <laughs> I think I appreciate that. Now, I don't usually have an idea where I'm going when I start talking. Seriously, you sound like an insane person. And, 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 and I was that afraid of that. Well, actually, t- today we were going to talk about some movies, summer movies, and unfortunately, well, you haven't seen these movies, but you can probably ask us about you know, so what jealous. we thought about. We were going to talk about Hulk and Wanted. Brad, let's talk about Hulk first, since that was the, okay. that came out sooner, and then we'll move over to to Wanted, which we saw last night. Um, overall impressions, Brad, of The Incredible Hulk? It was exponentially better than the Angley Hulk. Um, it wasn't it wasn't Iron Man. Definitely. It uh it wasn't Spider Man. It it wasn't Ghost Rider. Okay. It wasn't Daredevil. It wasn't Ghost Rider or Daredevil? It really? wasn't Fantastic I mean, you, Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Wow. Um It was just wow. okay. It was just okay. Really? Really. I'm surprised by that. I'm the first surprised t- that Ed Norton and, and and now Louis Leterrier. Yeah, literary. He spoke French. Help him. Um, but he did like the transporter, right? Mm-hmm. Did he do the transporter? I, uh, I do not have the internet. I so think I cannot that's take. where we know his name from. And the transporter is frenetic. And let me tell you what the, the first half of this the, movie is. This is what the first half of the it's Incredible like Hulk Sam is. Sam Raimi on steroids. You could you can hear a cricket oh, making noise dear. in the first half of this movie. Okay, Wasn't I he, I had the opposite. Um, I had experience. Were they retelling the origin here? Was this an, another origin movie? Well, no. However, in the opening credit sequence, they cut the origin in. All right. And it's odd because they they kind of rebooted it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, okay, the opening credits made you think, okay, this is a reboot because okay. they're showing me the origin which is slightly different than the Ang Lee origin. And connected to the TV show. And it's very similar to the TV show Mm -hmm. origin. Um, In fact, I think they almost did some of those very camera angles and shots looked Mm -hmm. just like... They homaged some of the the original series. Well, they they homaged the Ang Lee movie, that opening sequence. No, they, they homaged the TV show. And, and I believe the, yeah, I'm not I, I, I would argue that, that the Ang Lee movie too, because if you remember the editing in it was very, um, it was comic booky, very comic book, which is totally very, different than the opening sequence in this the, movie. The kindest I don't know. I, I would, movie. I would argue you must've been I, half I, asleep when you saw no, this. Movie. I was, I was, I was excited about this movie. And after the opening sequence, it picks up with Bruce on the run in South America or wherever, which is where the Ang Lee movie ended. Oh. So it felt like, a reboot, but at the same time, it felt like a continuation. So it was very confusing for for me, a very a small brain. Did they ever hash out the the fact that it was or was not continuity from the first movie? No, no. In fact, they just kind of they kind of ignored it. They're kind of pretending that the first movie kind of maybe didn't happen, which is a very good idea. Okay, fair enough. Okay, um, there were some extremely cool things in this movie extremely cool things tell me what you liked about this movie then we'll talk we'll talk about the cool things but tell me your reaction to this movie um love the way it was handled at at the beginning we obviously had different experiences on this um um i i thought the pacing was very good in it the um you were not bored by the retelling of the origin no, that, that was all cool. told I that, the, that was all told i like that opening, opening credit sequence. Opening sequence i thought that was good languid <laughs> Um, um, yeah, Boring. Uh, um, Langweilig. Is that German? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> cool, he's turning my mic back up for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, I, I thought the, the, the pacing of it w- was, was very good. We, we pick up with, um, with Bruce talking to someone called Mr. Blue, which I was so hoping was going to be uh, Rit- Reed Richards. Um, yeah, that would be cool. I, that's what I really thought they were headed for. By, by the way, spoiler alert. Um, but it turns out to be Dr. Stein, spoiler who eventually alert. becomes the leader. Dr. Stearns. Dr. Uh, Stearns, which Samuel eventually Stearns. becomes the, le- the, the leader. In yeah. Um, in the comics, he becomes a leader, and we see a hint of that at the end of this movie. Yes, yes, which we is do. very cool. Nice. Um, and Bruce just de- desperately trying to figure out, um, you know, trying to find a solution to this. Um, now you know the Mister Blue, Mister Green thing was lifted from the comics. No, I did not. The Bruce Jones run mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago. There was it wasn't the same. Mister Blue was not the same person as it was in the comics. Mm-hmm. But and as far as I know, that's where they lifted this idea. I had never seen that previously in the Hulk book, mm-hmm. um, but I think they got that idea from the comic. I could be wrong. I'm wrong often. But um, you know, uh, once the Hulk, the Hulk when he does first uh, uh, come to life, it is uh, in shadows and stuff. But the whole action sequence of of the army coming when they finally figure out where Bruce is right. and they're going through that shanty town yeah. was just so much fun. That was and fun. Bruce struggling to keep his his uh, blood pulse, pressure. B- yeah. blood pressure down so he doesn't hulk out. He's got a blood pressure monitor on his watch, okay. you know, so he can see his heart rate. I was wondering, yeah, he's putting his fingers on the underside of his wrist. Yeah. One, two, no, three, he's, four, five, he's, six. Uh, he's looking at his watch. It's pretty cool. And I think and I, I, I think the magic number was 200. Once he gets above 200, he yeah. hulks out. Yeah. Um, but, um, that whole sequence was fun. And then, and I'm betting this is where you headed with it. The whole camp, the whole fight on the college campus. Yeah. Is is that the part that you thought was very cool? Well, I mean, there was a lot of cool elements mm-hmm. to it. I mean, that scene was cool. Mm-hmm. The whole fight. Because, well, let, yeah. let, let me finish my thought. Uh, definitely not better than Iron Man. Oh, heck no. Um, I would put it it not as good as the first Spider-Man. The second Spider-Man is almost perfection. Yeah. Um, definitely better than fa- Fantastic Four Rise of the Surfer. No, Silver not Surfer. at all. Yeah. In no. my opinion. Oh, you're wrong. Well, you're I love, wrong. I love the Fantastic Four, and I wanted both those movies to well, be uh, the, the best the reason Well, the, the reason why I like this one is that they, they talk about the super soldier. They well, talk the, yeah. about, they talk, uh, they are creating a universe here that that is totally encompassing Iron Man and sure. and reaching out to other other things. This was a Marvel Studios production, wasn't yes, it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so and, was Iron uh, Man. So I that's why they can do this interconnectivity, which and, is awesome. And I think it was better than... I would put on par with Daredevil. Well, that's the best movie idea to come out in a generation or so, maybe since the original Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. is let's have a universe that is continuous, where you have characters that interact with each other across the, the, the breadth of different movie franchises. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine a cooler world, and I just, you know, I, I think uh, uh, your ain't it cool, you know, big redhead guy has gone on about that, yeah. too. So it's not an original, you know, impression, but uh, and, I, I'm right there. I, I just, that's the coolest thing about this whole idea. Uh, ain't it ain't the ain't it cool guy? Um, Harry Knowles. Harry yeah. Knowles. Sorry. Um, you know he is very passionate about about geeky things, and I, and I think he's he is not a good judge of. I think he loves everything. I, I, <laughs> you yeah, know? I enjoy the opinions on that site, but I, I don't find uh, him terribly objective. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So don't knucklehead. <laughs> okay. Well, I wouldn't call him a knucklehead. It's just you know it, it's kind of you know it, it's like trying to get an objective opinion on someone who who loves everything Star well, Wars. Right. Everybody's and got then, their friend, you know, the, the mm-hmm. one friend of the group who every movie you know he sees is like, man, that's the best movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Really. You said that last week about the adventures of right. Ford Fairlane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. So, yeah, he just lame. He he may be one of those, and you know yeah. what? Hey, you know, I just I, I always thought the idea that you know the fanboy has to find fault and you know hate things because they're not cool enough is just ridiculous. You there's plenty of plenty of room in this universe that we live in for you to like most things. I mm-hmm. think you know. You know, if you find fault in something, then you know that's okay. But I, you know, I think to go looking for fault is counterproductive. It just make you age faster. So okay, so Brad, so okay, so that's where I stand on Hulk. Um, uh, so well, let's talk overall. It was just okay. It was just okay. That was your opinion for me. It was just okay. Okay, there were some very cool parts of it that mm-hmm. I really appreciated and really liked. The introduction of the super soldier serum, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing Emil Blonsky. 
uh, function as I would think a super soldier would. Yeah, so which, for, for Bill's benefit and for people who haven't seen it out there, right. um, after he does take the super uh, serum form, he has a a fight with the Hulk that, you know, he could never win fist to fist. Right. But he okay. can win action, you know, uh, he is fast. Now, is Blonsky, does he maintain his, his mental capacities? I mean, yes. does he, he doesn't. Now, does the Hulk dumb down? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so it is Hulk smash, but the abomination has his wits about him. Well, when he takes the super soldier serum, yes. he is basically functioning as Captain America. Imagine okay. a Captain America wondering. versus the Hulk fight. That's yeah. what this was. Okay. Great, so has he, great description. He has not abominated yet. No. He's still a, a human with enhanced powers and stuff. Right. And I was wondering if this is going to lead probably directly into the Captain America movie, which well, I he, look forward to. Yeah. There, it's, there's definite ties to it. He doesn't abominate mm-hmm. until gamma radiation becomes a part of the equation. Ah, okay. okay. Because okay. he realizes that he cannot beat the Hulk as just a super soldier. Right. He needs another edge. Well, if he reads the comic books, he should know that nobody beats the Hulk. Because <laughs> Hulk, is, Hulk is the strongest one yet. there is. Mm. That's right. The Hulk can grab a planet and tear it into two pieces if he wants to. <laughs> We've established that. <laughs> so, so, um, so you go to Paris, France, and uh, so anyway, you know the um, the the introduction of the super soldier serum happens here, and like you said, it's cool that they're going to start tying all this together. You yeah. know, so um, like I said, imagine the uh, the Hulk fighting Captain America. That's what this scene was like in the in the park. It was just really, really well mm-hmm. done, really awesome. Um, it wasn't campy. It wasn't stupid. Mm-mm. I mean, it was well done. It was, nice. and it gives me great hope for the for the Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things I did appreciate about this movie were, uh, and I don't know if you caught it, maybe you did in the opening sequence when the Hulk is in the shadows, but he's fighting everybody mm-hmm. in the um, bottling factory. Mm-hmm. You can hear him say, "Leave me alone." Yes, that was awesome. Gave me goosebumps hearing that. I was like, "No way." Because all Hulk wants to do is to be left alone. Yes, you know. Is Ed Norton's voice tricked up, or do they use uh, actually Lou Ferrigno, Lou Ferrigno does the voice of the Hulk? All right, then he's got a cameo in it also mm-hmm. um, as a security guy. But uh, the um, the uh, we get to hear the Hulk say "Hulk Smash." Mm-hmm. Nice, you know that's nice too. Um, and then the thing that you know the first thing gave me goosebumps, but the thing that really gave me goosebumps was when we heard this. Yes. Oh, you're kidding. No, yeah. I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> oh man. And it's a and it's a high when, shot looking okay. down on him and it's it's Bruce Banner. Now he's not hitchhiking. No, he but he's walking, a, he's alone, alone, he's walking. <laughs> wow. It's just when I heard that I was like Yes. <laughs> I, I saw it the Friday it came out, so I'm there with all the geeky fans and, and people started clapping and laughing. No, I'm was, sorry, where in the movie did this happen? Was this the, mm, was this the, the first end? thirty minutes oh, after okay. he, 30, right. 45 minutes. Okay. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It, it was, was after just, he hulked out. Yeah, it was after he, when he de-hulks. Wow. And he's alone walking. It's, yeah. it's really it's really cool. And, you know, he's struggling to find stretchy pants yes. because after he hulks out, you know, uh-huh. his pants are totally stretched out. I was wondering if they're going to address that. Well, there, there's a scene with Liv Tyler. She goes out and gets him some clothes, and she goes, here, these are the biggest stretchy pants I could find, and they're big, purple, satin, stretchy <laughs> pants. And he goes, no. Yeah, that was that was actually very cool. That was very cool. That was, that was a, a nice nod to... To people like us, yeah. but MC Hammer has some spare pants. So <laughs> right. I really borrow. I, um, I thought the movie was generally pretty slow in the first half. Um, you know, the Hulk, we did see the Hulk a lot sooner than we did in the Ang mm-hmm. Lee movie. All right, but I'm convinced after watching it all that um, the Hulk works would work better as either a member of the Avengers team, okay. which apparently we're going to see, mm-hmm. oh, or uh, the bad guy that the Avengers has to fight. In the Avengers movie, well, I, I just don't think I just don't think he, I don't think the Hulk as a character pulls off a successful movie that keeps me uh, awake the whole time. I, oh. I don't know if we touched on this before, but uh, do you have any sense that this is six one six Universe Hulk, uh, an Ultimate Hulk, a this is the, this is the movie is universe. This is yeah, this is movie. a combination but, between Marvel but, and Ultimate and it, it seems like the Fantastic Four movie, um, Spider Man notwithstanding, necessarily it, it could really be either. Um, but the um, 
the Fantastic Four movie, the uh, what we've seen so far uh, seems to at first glance it seems to be kind of ultimate based, but then it it ends up being not that clear. I don't think it, it's a black and white. Thing. Don't even think about it that way. It's a, okay. it's un, unto its own. Yeah, I would say that these that the movies are definitely yes. in their own. Because in the the Ultimate Universe, the Hulk is a threat first and foremost. He's not mm-hmm. a hero. You know, he's not he he has not has never been a member of the Avengers or the Defenders or the Secret Defenders or right. the Secret Avengers or, or, <laughs> or the else. Mighty New Avengers, or the West Coast yes. Avengers, or the, or, or the Minty New or Avengers. the Great Lakes Avengers, or the uh, right. What did you the think moon of the, Avengers? Yes. What did you think of the CG? Because I came up I came up with a theory. As I walked out of this movie about CG. Well, I'm convinced that you can make a real, that you can make a CG character look real. Because we saw it in the Lord of the Rings trilogy with Gollum. Yes, we did. That was the best CG character, in my opinion, that I've ever seen. And frankly, I think we saw it with, sorry, everybody, brace yourselves, Jar Jar. I, I would agree. I wasn't. Gonna, I have the okay. first time in episode one we talk. see Jar Jar come up, and it's a three shot. You know, and I'm looking at Jar Jar on a 75 foot screen in the theater, going, "It looks like he's really there. It yeah. looks like there's a creature that actually is shaped like that that's actually standing in between these guys." I would agree. So it can't that. happen. It can't happen. And but the, I think Gollum is a better example. And, and you, I think you're totally right. Gollum, the he does has so much more interaction with the physical universe of the movie and stuff like that that, that now, they really have to stretch the, their processes to. Get I that think happen. the CG looked better in this movie than the first Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty good. The Hulk's wise, yes. character wise, it was pretty good. I could still tell it was not real. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that you could ever make a Hulk. I, I say that when I just said Gollum looked real. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, that's um, the thing. I think I, it can look real, and it bugs me that it almost seems in the last year or so, we've seen a lot of movies come out where it looks like the CG is going backwards. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Okay. And, you know, I Am Legend is example number one. Mm-hmm. And this, from what I've seen from the commercials and the trailers online, um, the, the Hulk, especially the Hulk abomination thing, it's like maybe they're trying to spend so much time you know, texturing and, and, you know, light sourcing and putting dirt and stuff on, but it just, it just doesn't look like something that would actually be there. I I don't understand why, you know, they, they don't have the money, the time, the resources, the software, the whatever to make it look, you know, keep making it look more and more real. Okay. Concerning CG, I, this was a revelation I, I, I came up with and could be totally wrong, but, um, something like the Transformers, the movie, the Transformers, you know, of course, all CG, and I think that works so well, and Iron Man, so well, in that it is mechanical and not organic, exactly. and that you can you can make something look so real that is mechanical that you have you don't have a problem with it. Yes, um, and something fantastic. Jar Jar Binks and Gollum. Gollum was human, but you you got to admit that he was so fantastical looking that you you still don't have a problem. That well, it, it's still a, a monster of another. Uh, it, it's a creature. Well, I would not posit so much to human. you that that the Hulk is no more is no more you know different than Gollum you know or Jar Jar. Uh, but but it has more human feet. Sure, it's green and okay. sure it's ten feet tall. Okay, but it still has proportions that are human. Yeah, that we are that we understand. You know that you know this is how a human should walk. This is how a human should look in a certain type of light. Granted, he's green and granted he's ten feet tall. Very good. But Jar Jar has is a different creature that we have never seen before. Crazy ears. He he can walk wherever he wants because he's he's like a fish out. Of, he's like he's essentially a fish or amphibian or whatever you want to call him. Gollum was so gaunt and his bone structure was so weird that again it didn't feel human enough to me. Well, but you know they, but with Jar Jar and and Gollum, you know with both those guys, you know, I'm sure they did this with the Hulk, but. They have a guy in a suit actually doing those motions. They're they're capturing those motions and mm-hmm. and you know plastering that onto you know a skin that they have pre made in their little CG world. And so, maybe and maybe you know, that's the, the, the movements struggle. Of the characters, you know, Andy Circus and I'm trying to remember what the gentleman who did Jar Jar was, mm-hmm. but you know they they absolutely you know were real movements. You know, literally translated onto a you know onto a computer skin. You know, around so a maybe, wireframe okay. of a blah blah blah. 
Um, so the movements of the characters, I think, and, and again, I, I can't imagine they didn't do it that way, you know, in, in the Hulk. Do you think people going to die? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So anyway, yeah, um, I just thought of another good example of, a, of CG that looked mm-hmm. real, the, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bought that 100%. And the, the, the main thing, though, is that you literally lose yourself in the moment. You, you stop thinking, wow, that's CG, and you think, Oh, check out Jar Jar. I hate him. Or man, that dinosaur is scary. Yeah. You know, but you completely, you know, or you know, ugh, Gollum. Ugh. But the idea that you're struggling to get past the idea that I oh, know this is just a CG thing and he's up on the screen. I'm just gonna I'm gonna suspend disbelief. There, none of that thought process is there. You are immersed in the movie because the the representation is, is so well done, is so real looking. Quote fingers attached that you stop thinking about it as being something you know different like that. Now, with the Hulk, from what I've seen, again, not having seen the entire movie, it looks like CG. And frankly, I don't really want to let him off the hook for that. I mean, I kind of want to, you know, I will see the movie someday. I hope I don't have to wait till it's out on DVD. But, um, you know, I'll see the movie someday. This is not going to stop me from seeing the movie. This doesn't mean I hate Marvel. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, I wish, you know, I wish they would, you know, manage that a little bit better. And, and I, again, I don't know. You know, I haven't seen the movie. Brad, uh, what would you give letter grade to Hulk? B minus. B minus. Yeah, I'd give it B plus. <laughs> We're not that far off. Really? Yeah. All right, then I need to give it a C plus. Okay. No okay. C plus. See? Okay. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Wanted. I liked this movie a whole lot. I like this movie a whole lot too. I didn't care for the comic at all. Really? And I think I figured out why. What comic? The Wanted comic. Oh, the actual. Mark Miller, J.G. Jones. Okay. The comic. Which came out in 2004 or 2003. Which, oddly enough, takes place in 1986. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's odd. In 1986, the supervillains of the world decide they're going to take over. Right? There's a group of them called the Fraternity. Okay. And they're just bad guys. They're villains, right? I think that's what bothered me about that book because I'm an inherently good person. I have hope for the human race. I don't want to read a story where the bad guys take over and run everything. I don't want to live in that kind of world. The movie is different because they're a league of assassins as okay. opposed to a league of supervillains. Um, we'll spoiler this movie. I know mm-hmm. it's relatively new. Um, and spoiler alert. Thank you, master shake. I think, <laughs> I think I can deal with, okay. In the movie, they made a point of serving the greater good. Yes. I can deal with assassins killing one man to save a thousand lives. As opposed to a group of supervillains doing everything for themselves. Okay. Where in the movie, the, the, the assassins were serving the greater good. In the comic, they were serving themselves. And I think the distinction between the two made me like one and not the other. Was our protagonist a member of that League of Supervillains in the comic book? Or yes. was he an opposing force? No, he, he joined okay. the League of Supervillains. And at the end of the comic... Uh, it's implied that he is kind of like leading the group now. Oh, my goodness. And, How many and, issues uh, did it run? Six. Mm. Oh, it was just six. So yeah. this this movie is based off a mere six-issue run. Yeah. Okay. He um, he is predestined to, um, to, to play this role. Because his uh, dad was – his dad had, had all these uncanny abilities. Okay. And was a supervillain in yeah. the comic. He inherited his dad's abilities. Hmm. Likewise, in the in the movie, his dad was a a talented assassin with these quote unquote super abilities. He inherited them. Was he played by Michael Caine? Because that would be cool. No, <laughs> no. Oh, thank you. Um, I do have to say that that beginning sequence of the movie wanted where the assassin in the grocery store. No. I'm talking about uh, uh, where on he's the rooftops. On the rooftops. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll, I'll describe it to you, uh, to you, Bill. He is he is talking to this uh, to this woman in a the, the assassin, um, the n- not the boy but the father, 
is talking to this woman in, in an office building, and, and uh, she's Indian, so she has a little dot on her head. Yes. Well, then another dot starts to float around oh, on man. it. <laughs> and uh, And he realizes that he is about to, <laughs> oh, that she and he are about to be assassins. If you so, don't, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss that shot. Yes, and it's it. It gave me the willies That's when I saw cool. that. I was like, "Oh, something's bad's going to happen." And so this this assassin who is human, um, he realizes what's happening. He ducks. The woman gets killed. Yes, he runs to the other end of the hall, opens an elevator, and starts to breathe real hard. And suddenly, his world starts to shake back and forth, back and forth. And he slowly starts to zoom in on the building. Across the way, that he's where the looking, assassin he's came looking in. down the hall, yeah, through the window to the building across the street. Oh man, he starts to run, sprint, and it's in slow motion. But as he's running, he's creating a suction, and papers are flying out because he's running so fast. Like stuffs oh, on the gosh. wall, mm-hmm. stuff on the walls yeah. coming off, and and he cra- proceeds to crash through this window with such momentum. And pull out his guns that he is still flying through the air. Yeah. He's not flying. He's jumped. Yes. It's pure momentum that's carrying through him. And he starts to fi- he is firing so fast that the assassin on the other end cannot react in time. And he is killed. <laughs> wow. And he ends up landing on the other building by sheer momentum. Sheer- oh, no, wait. He lands on the floor below. That's right. And then he climbs up the stairs and right, kills right. all the other assassins. And but, it's it's farther than across the street. Yeah. I mean, it's like a block away. Oh, my God. I mean, it is ridiculously... Okay, so I was going to ask that. It's like, he is... Are there superheroes in this movie? No, no these these are, are people who have ultra-human... Super, I don't want to say okay. superhuman, but it's above like, normal... Abilities. It's like a bunch of Captain Americas running around. Kinda. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, they, they explain it as to where the, this, the, the kid who eventually takes over the mantle is that his adrenaline gets pumping so hard when he's in these stressful situations and he has to learn how to control it right. that it gives him super focus. Okay. And it gives him super burst of energy yes. and super just... And everything slows down around him. Kind of like what you would imagine the Flash goes through yeah. when, he goes into speed, when he goes into speed mode. Yes. The way... Mark Wade and Jeff Johns have described it in certain parts of their flash runs is that everything slows down and Wally West moves between the seconds yes. of time. Time slows down that he that everybody around him is frozen and he's just kinda like that scene in Over the Hedge when Hammy the Squirrel drinks yes. the, the um the energy the, drink, yeah, the Red Bull, or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, and he's running and everything. He's like mm-hmm, walking through. Yeah, he's just he's, a, hey, look, it's a laser. Yeah. Did you uh, see that movie the, Over the Hedge? Uh, no, but there was a similar experience um, in Futurama, <laughs> flat where uh, Fry had 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 three hundred dollars worth of coffee. Oh wow! <laughs> and he had this Nirvana moment. Where this building was on fire and everyone was freaking out. And he just kind of goes and just slowly picks people up and takes them out. And yeah. He just, yeah. So that's what's <laughs> going on with, with this main character in this movie is that when his adrenaline pumps, the world around him, to wow. his perception, slows down. And so this this League of Assassins comes to him. It gives him a story. Hey, your dad was one of us. There was a rogue member named Cross who left us and has been trying to pick us off one by one. Okay. Um, and after he finally accepts his destiny, he, 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 his main objective is to find Cross because he was told Cross killed his father, okay, who he come to find out was also a member of this society, the fraternity. And, of course, hijinks ensue. <laughs> And, and montages aplenty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Um, the training montage. Yes, I'm training. And come to find out things weren't exactly what he was told. And I don't want to give, we're not going to give everything away. But, very good. But um, it was, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to why they diverged so much from the comic. Um, maybe it's it, because the, the comic itself the, the was, Maybe they wanted to the movie-going audience to have some connection to reality. Yes, because the comic book is very fantastical. I mean, there there are characters. There's one character made out of poop. Mm-hmm. There's one character <laughs> who's just a skull. Okay. Um, and there are some extremely dark elements. Yeah. In the book, I that remember are just that Mark are, are well. There, I mean, 
you, you know, it, it's like s- just superheroes to the nth, or supervillains to the nth degree. I'd, you know, I'd even go so far as to say that's really an NC seventeen comic. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, Mark Millar did an interview where he talked about uh, wanted, and he basically said that this was his chance to completely cut loose and completely go over the top. Yeah. And so he wasn't holding anything back, and right. he wasn't trying to edit this for the masses. I don't think or he held anything, or anything back. Um, so yeah, I understand that you might have to scale this back a little bit. Yeah, and you're gonna have you're always gonna make some changes when you make it into a movie. Yeah, I, I mean it's loosely based on wow. the comic book, and 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 Brad, I'm kind of with you. It's like I can appreciate it. I I understand it is very well written. It is it, the comic. It is, yeah, the comic. It is well written. It's very well drawn. It just didn't speak to me. Right. But I I can see how people just love it because it takes the it takes the superhero genre and just just flips it over. You know, heroes are so good. Yes. And villains, you know, they always twirl their mustache and they tell you what they're planning to do to you. In in in, in wanted, you know, they they do what what everyone always says. Goes, you know what? He should just the bad guy should just kill the good guys and get it over with. Well, that that's what they do if in I, this world. If I remember correctly, there's hardly any superheroes left in the comic. In fact, okay. according to Wikipedia, uh, wow. all all superheroes are gone. Yeah. So the bad guys. They rule. won. They rule. Wow. I rule you. <laughs> so the movie, taking, taking, I didn't remember a whole lot of the comic. I did some research since I saw the movie. Okay. Um, and once I did the research, it all came back to me in a, mm-hmm. in a flash of, of remembrance. Um, I liked the movie a lot. I heard a lot of comparisons, like it was similar to The Matrix. Okay. It's not Matrixy at all as far as story and environment they're talking about the, just the the, the special crazy, effects the angles the slow motion the, yes they're well, talking about the and, action sequences well, yeah. well okay. and a little bit of the character too because you have like in there's neo yeah. who's this who's this lone guy working in a in an office and he's just kind of slugging along and then there's a fantastic world that he never knew of okay same thing happens here a guy just kind of slubbing along he has a pretty ordinary life but then all of a sudden he is introduced to this world that he wasn't aware of yeah i can see that comparison too i really can and that's a good point the office scene when he finally just loses it Mm -hmm. oh so great so great there's a great visual joke with a keyboard with the keyboard that we don't want to reveal here but it is people were cheering at that at that keyboard scene there was a lot of laughter in the theater Mm -hmm. because there were some genuinely funny moments Mm -hmm. um and there was a lot of exclamations of yes. like you go man like i didn't hear somebody verbalize you go boy but what i'm saying is you could tell people were cheering for this guy so was it was it the uncomfortable after <laughs> i can't believe i'm enjoying this or was it uh yeah go team there were parts of that <laughs> i can't believe i'm enjoying this because i mean essentially he's a killer and he and he does he does have to deal with the consequences of taking someone's life right he but he, it, he does struggle with the, mor- the the morality of the question. Okay, because it sounds like they they're really sanitizing the morality of the story. Mm. Yeah, they they cleaned it up quite a bit, okay. and and they basically you know they basically convinced him it's like you know by killing this one person, you or you may save a thousand people. And yes. Angelina Jolie, who's smoking hot, <laughs> um, she has she tells a story to where someone decided not to kill someone. That was assigned to be killed because the loom of destiny, yeah. loom of fate, loom of fate told them that someone had to be killed. But lame. But but, uh, but you know the assassin decided not to because he had second thoughts about it and ended up affecting Angelina Jolie's future. Okay. and not just her, but but um, lots of other bad things happened yes. because this one guy wasn't taken out. One domino fell and toppled right. a whole bunch over. Yeah. Right. Um. Special effects were great. Yeah, the uh, the music was Danny Elfman. Yeah, and I I remember going. This is crazy. It almost sounds like Danny Elfman, but but different. And then at the end, we see in the credits. I think he I think he went out of his way to make it to make it not sound like Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman is great, but I mean he has a style that can sometimes take you out yeah. of yeah. out of a situation. Well, Elfman's uh, music is is especially his orchestral pieces yeah. are so stylized i mean it's so easy to tell that this is a danny elfman piece and i've mm-hmm. loved the heck out of him since the oingo boingo days so i consider myself a I didn't i didn't feel any familiarity i didn't 
like you said, you you thought maybe this is Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that yeah. at all. It was different enough that it fooled me. That's I was weird. actually surprised that it was Danny Elfman yeah. because it, it, there were just. I I don't know how to describe it because I'm not musically inclined, but they were just like it's like oh that that, that doesn't stop like you at karaoke. Well, night. that's probably <laughs> <laughs> really it's awesome. People people wish I would stop. <laughs> well, that sounds that sounds awesome. I mean, uh, Danny Elfman. Um, uh, Danny Elfman is just I think he's one of the greats. Uh, but looking at uh, what I know about this movie, I'm thinking it does not need an impish soundtrack which is kind of the first word I think of when I think Danny Elfman scores. Now, there's some great music in this. That's cool. And uh, seeing Morgan Freeman as this type of character, it was a very a big departure for him as far as the Danny uh, the Morgan Freeman movies that I've seen. You know, he's a sweet old man. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a sweet old man in this movie. Well, he was God. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, quite a, quite a definite turn. Yes. And re- remember when Shawshank Redemption had to... Uh uh, had to uh, to find him. Oh my goodness! <laughs> or no, and he had to find Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> uh, that that's based. That's, that's another based, Futurama episode, isn't it? No, that that's based on a on a. I have to explain the joke. But uh, some friends and I, we used to call actors by certain key movies that we we were in that Excellent. they were in. So, like our perfect example is: Hey, remember when Die Hard did that? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, remember when Sha- when he had to go find Shawshank Redemption? My goodness. I guess I'm going to take me a sip of this uh, William Fichtner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, oddly enough, I'm drinking an Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Oh, Lucky. I'm, um, I'm drinking a... Um, tattoos are drinking anything. I wonder if all those tattoos were her hers. I know no. she's got a lot. Yeah, No, because they looked very stylized. Some of them were, so, were yeah. additions, I guess. Yeah. Um, this has nothing to do with the movie. SkeeterDefeater.com Skeeter so at the beginning of the movie, at the beginning of the movie, you know, in, in our local theater, they've got the uh, the preview, the before the previews, you've got the commercials yes, that run. Yes. You know, there was this one commercial that for a product called Skeeter Defeater. It was a mosquito. Was there a mosquito issue in the movie theater? <laughs> it was a, well, there is in North Texas. Ah, yes. Uh, the, was it like a? Is it one of those bug lights? Yeah, it's, it's 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 essentially attracts mosquitoes and then kills them. In, in, it, was, anyway. it was like a, a really low budget commercial that you would see like on Saturday mornings, you <laughs> yeah. know, you know, and, um, and shot on your mini DV camera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like video, not film, <laughs> yeah. one of those type of deals with the Chiron instead yeah, of nice. the, instead of the CG, it's it a had a look. Chiron graphics, you know, look. It's and then at the very blue. end, the announcer goes, skeeterdefeater.com. <laughs> and we just started dying laughing. It was like, wait, wait. why is he whispering that? You would want to, <laughs> it was like total, like some redneck production company put this commercial together okay. it was really funny <laughs> it was really maybe they didn't really have a lot you of just experience. say the product you don't got it why are you whispering it <laughs> i know we're running late again <laughs> but i just have a mini rant while we're talking oh, about movies rant. and movie theaters okay now uh, parents you might want to earmuff this this may be a first oh dear but mm-hmm. i'm not swearing in the traditional sense i'm merely uh you know, I'm going to say some things that you might not want your kids to hear. Okay. That's basically all it is, okay? Is this about Santa Claus? No. My name is Brad, okay? My name is not Jesus Christ. My name is not, <laughs> damn it. Brad. My name is not those, th- my name is not good Lord. But you would think that those are my names because when I'm at the movies selling tickets, yeah, I need two tickets for wanted. Okay, that's, um. Seventeen fifty, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I didn't make the prices in the movie theaters. Okay, <laughs> my name tag clearly says Brad. I didn't set the prices. You have no right to get mad at me and call me those names. You don't have any right to swear at me. I don't blame you. It's not my fault. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the prices are probably like right behind you on they a little are. placard. They're right up and here. So it shouldn't be a surprise. They're right anybody. up here. Hey, news along flash. with the clock, people, the yeah. big analog clock. Well, let's let's have a disclaimer here. What okay. time is it? Okay, I turn around and make a big show of going. Oh, it's seven thirty. See the big clock here. 
You know, this is well, just like with gas dis- prices. Let's have a disclaimer and, here, and, and, though. Okay. I mean, for any parent or any any movie patron that hasn't been to a theater since 1977, when it was $2.25 <laughs> to get in, I understand how you come to a movie theater and you go, eight fifty for a movie? Are you kidding me? But if you've been to a movie, say, in the last 10, 15 years, you understand that, you know, the price of things has gone up. <laughs> And that, frankly, you could be out in L.A. paying 11 bucks for a ticket, and you're in Dallas, or wherever you are, right. good, gentle, kind listener, paying 750 850 $9.50 for a ticket. That's what movies cost $200 million to make these days, and that doesn't include the marketing. So they're going to make their money back, and this is a good way to do it, is with the cost of the ticket to go see the movie. But... I mean, hey, at least, you know, the price of oil hasn't affected the movie ticket yet. The movie ticket's already been that high for a while now. And how can it be a surprise that you want $9 to see this movie? How can that be a surprise? Um, g- going back to the gas thing, this is just like, these are just, pe- people need to complain. And they do it with gas prices, and they go to the guy who's running the register, and, you know, they go, they go how can you justify $4 again? <laughs> and the guy's just like, look. You want a lottery ticket or cigarettes? Because that's really all I got control of. Right. Well, you know, I can't. You know, you feel free to vent on me. Well, no, don't because all I look, I I make less than that gallon of of gas costs an hour. Well, and the dude at the gas station can also say the customer. Uh, do you realize that I'm making like two cents a gallon off this? You know, I'm not making a killing here. Basically, the gas is a loss leader to get you in to buy a pack of smokes or a Snickers bar because that's where I'm making my money off this thing. So, yeah, there's plenty of people to blame. Um, the Chevron dealership, the dude working behind the counter at the Texaco is not that person. I'm sorry if I offended anybody, but I'm sick and tired of being yelled at. It's not my fault. My name is Brad. I'm really shocked that you get that from people, and and I'd like to apologize. You'd be surprised to you for people. Do, do you you know, here's, an, here's another tip: if you're tired of paying nineteen, eighteen bucks to see a movie with you and your girlfriend, your wife, wait a few months and buy the DVD for twenty bucks. Then you can own it and watch it as much as you want. Well, or also, go to the Dollar Theater. Yes. So, yeah, or go to the Dollar Theater. Quit on, yelling at me. And on Tuesdays, it's 50 cent, so both of you can get in <laughs> for that $1. Now, you're still paying 8 bucks the popcorn. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah, but, Brad, uh, can you do something about you know. that? No. Because <laughs> you know what? The movie ticket, I totally understand, but it is outrageous that you people... Want four seventy five for a Coke? I mean, what is this America? What and, is this? There's no way that 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 supply versus demand equals four dollars seventy five cents for a Coke. What are you doing, Brad? And Brad, what's the big deal with me bringing in my old fried chicken? All right, I come in with a bag, paper bag of fried chicken. All of a sudden, I'm bad guy. <laughs> Jehoshaphat, what is wrong with you people? Okay. I come in with my own chicken fried steak and gravy, so, and that's a big deal. I'm right. so mad right now. Confession time. Uh-huh. I need to confess something. Okay. Before I got a job at this movie theater, mm-hmm. I, I frequented it as a paying customer, right? Well, I went somewhere like a hamburger joint and bought a hamburger, fries. Yeah. I walked in with my movie ticket and this to-go box full of my own food. And the guy says, I'm sorry, you can't bring that in there. And I said... I'm on a special diet. I can't buy any, eat any of the food that you guys have here. And he went, oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. What, the McDonald's diet? No. No, it was a nondescript. Mm. It was like, it was gazebo burger is oh, where okay. it was. It was a nondescript white to-go box, right? Gazebo burger, local place here. So <laughs> Genius. I, I lied. I apologize to the listeners. I don't think anybody And to my daughter, I didn't have a special diet I was trying to follow. I didn't want to pay $37 $4 for a Coke. Boys, you're you're pulling the pulling the curtain back here, man. <sighs> so, uh there will be people, there will be the 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 hundreds of half-hour wasted listeners are going to be flooding movie theaters <laughs> across the uh across this great nation of ours and all the way into Scandinavia and places like that. <laughs> um with their 
little nondescript white boxes with their special diet needs. Yes, uh, their big box of sweet tarts and their uh, the, the bag of peanuts they bought, and uh, the Mountain Dew they've got jammed in the left pocket, and their Scooby snacks. Yes, I, I can't. I can't I have eat to your bring sweet my, tarts. I have to bring my own sweet. Tarts. I have to bring my dog with me. I can't. You know, I have a special needs, and uh, this dog needs Scooby snacks, and that's why I'm bringing Scooby snacks in here. Hey, just 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 one thing, and, we'll, and then we'll, we're up to start. You got, you say I was going to say to you, listeners. All right, all right, I apologize. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. <laughs> um, there, there's a theater in New York, and we'll wrap it up after this, who um, you have to charge extra for this. Okay. So it's more expensive, but they jam cell phone signals, and no no children are allowed. Like, no one uh, under 18 is allowed. To Good heavens. Them. And so you, you're obviously paying more than 850 to get in to right, see a movie, right. but well, you're paying for, for, for the... For, for the luxury, enjoy, yeah, for for the luxury of, of that stuff. That's I thought actually, that was kind of interesting, and and uh, the this the, theater is actually getting ready to expand because there is a demand for that. Do they use gamma radiation? I don't know what the I don't know what they use because that can make people very angry. <laughs> well, they it must be like the opposite of gamma because angry. it sues people because people these are grumpy old people who just don't want to deal with teenagers and <laughs> cell phones. That that and, grumpy old man that I've talked about before, that uh-huh. senior that pays for a six dollar ticket with a one hundred dollar bill. Uh-huh. Whoa! He came back a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. with his wife or girlfriend. I'd never seen her before, but okay. this old grumpy lady was with him. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and. uh you see, he, there is love. There's, there's he was just not, He was just grunt, not nice with her either. You know, she, he came up. I need two seniors for whatever it was. Wow! And, and, and she's like, "Are there seats left?" And he looks at her like she's an idiot. And he goes, "Look at the blanking parking lot. You think there's going to be seats left on a Wednesday night?" Oh, that. I mean, this guy needs a hug or something. No, oh. they found each other, Brad. They found. <laughs> <laughs> They found love. Let's wrap up. Come uh, on. Let's go. I thought life again. was too short to be like that all the time. Hey, it guys. Is. Thanks for joining us. This is a Half Hour Wasted. You can find us at uh, halfhourwasted at gmail.com or halfhourwasted.com. You can talk to me, Brad, or um, Bill, Bill myself. At, uh, at our names at uh, halfhourwasted.com. And Brad, if they want to leave us a voicemail, dial 641-715-3900, extension 775-0064-POUND. And until next week, we'll see you on A Half Hour Wasted. Thank you, Limp Biscuit. <laughs>